0: We're going to be looking in just a moment at Genesis chapter 19. Specifically verses 12 through 14. As we think about the theme, listening to what God says is no joking matter. Today I want to invite you to turn with me, as I mentioned a moment ago, to Genesis chapter 19. I think sometimes people have the idea... That listening to what God says is a take-it-or-leave-it proposition. That it's really not that important. That if you want to live a Christian life, if you want to be a follower of God, then that's all well and good, and God bless you. But if you choose not to follow God, not to listen to His words, then that's fine too. And of course we live in a day and time in which there has been a diminished view of Scripture. There are a lot of people in our world today that when it comes to the Bible, they don't believe that it's God's holy word. They do not understand that this is the God-breathed message. As Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, when he stated in the long ago, all Scripture, every Scripture is inspired of God. As we think about our study today, the focal point of our study has to do with Lot and his family. God sent word to Lot that he was going to be destroying the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And because of that, instructions were given to get out of town. Sadly, some within his own family thought that what he said was just a joke. And so they ignored this divine mandate. So today we want to look at Genesis chapter 19 and note what has been recorded for our benefit. I want to begin by talking about there was a destructive message that had been given in the long ago. There were two angels that came to the city of Sodom and met with Lot, and they said, in a very concise way, We will destroy this place. I want you to think with me for a moment about the state. Of Sodom, Because what we're talking about has to do with the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, located around the Dead Sea. In Genesis chapter 13, verse 13, the Bible tells us that the people of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful. Now Jude provides a commentary on the people of Sodom in Jude 7. He said that they committed fornication and that the people in those cities went after strange flesh. The sin of Sodom was homosexuality. And because of that, God said through Peter in 2 Peter chapter 2, that he condemned these cities with an overthrow, turning them into ashes, leaving them as an example. To all who would live ungodly. And so first there is the state of Sodom. And then there is the supplication for Sodom. You recall in Genesis chapter 18. God had made a promise to Abraham and the long ago. That through his seed all the nations all the families of the earth would be blessed. And so God disclosed Abraham what he was about to do to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham asked God in the long ago, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? And so in chapter 18, Abraham begins to intercede on behalf of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, pleading with God to spare those cities He began by saying, if there are 50 righteous souls within this geographical area, would you spare them? God said, yes. All the way down to 10 righteous souls, would you spare the cities? Again, God said, yes. Unfortunately, there were not 10 righteous souls living in Sodom. Which really, really brings us to the sentence imposed against Sodom. Note now in verse 12. In verse 12, the angels, the two men, said to Lot, Have you anyone else here? Son in law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in this, in the city? Take them out of this place. And now look at verse 13. For we will destroy this place because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. God intended to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah you think about what a destructive message this must have been to the ears of Lot. And then I think about the divine mandate. Again, in verse 12, the angels said to Abraham, regarding his family members, take them out of this place. The instructions that were given were intended for the preservation of his family. When I think about these divine instructions, this divine mandate, it reminds me of the fact that it required an immediate alert. In other words, there was no time to waste. This had to do with the people that were very precious to Lot, family members. Now we talk about time. And time is a tremendous commodity, but in this case, there was no time to waste. As a matter of fact, when the angel spoke to Lot in the long ago, it required an immediate alert. He needed to let let his family know that God intends to destroy these cities. Now, I said a moment ago that the instructions given were for the preservation of his family. Now, you think about those of us who are parents and grandparents, even great-grandparents. What a tremendous responsibility rests upon us to rear our children in the Lord. And there is literally no time to waste. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul said that we are to redeem the time because the days are evil. If your child is six today, he'll be 16 tomorrow. That's how fast time goes. If she's five today, she'll be 15 tomorrow. If she's 15 tomorrow, she'll be 25 next week. It's amazing how quickly time passes. As a parent, grandparent, or great-grandparent, if we waste precious time and do not instill within our children principles of Christianity, they learn better at six than they do sixteen. When they're three, four, five, and six, you can point them in the direction of the Lord. When they get to the age of sixteen, If they're not used to attending Bible study and worship, if church is not a part of their life, let me tell you what, you're in for a struggle. The possibility of getting your child where he or she needs to be is nil to none. It's tough. So when we talk about bringing up our children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, what we're saying is there's no time to waste. You don't have time to waste. Let me just say this. There are some parents that ought to be here today that are not here. There are some little ones that ought to be here this morning that are not here. And they can't come without their parents. There are a lot of young folks in this congregation. And there are parents that take their job seriously. But I want to be, I want to be very frank. There are some parents in this church, I wonder if they realize they're playing with the devil. And you say, why is that? Because they're sporadic in their attendance. As a parent, we set the tone in the home. If we're not here, our children will not be here. If we're not faithful to God, when our children are young then when they grow older and they're not faithful to God and we ask the question, why? My suggestion, stand in front of the mirror and point the finger in the mirror and see see who that finger's pointing to. No time to waste. What if Lot had lingered? What if he had said, you know what, it's really not that important. I mean, I know God's going to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, but I mean, I don't have to say anything today. Let me tell you what, had he waited, he would have been in a heap of trouble along with his family. So first of all, it required an immediate alert. Secondly, it required immediate action. Well, you ask the question, why why would it have required immediate action? Well, because God said, I'm going to destroy this place. There was no time to waste. There was no time to wait. Again, I think about parents, grandparents, great-grandparents. If you're waiting to become a child of God, or if you're waiting to be the example you ought to be in the home, then my question is, what are you waiting on? And it may be that you're here today and you haven't obeyed the gospel. You're not a child of God. You're outside a covenant relationship with Almighty God. You are, as Paul said, without hope and without God in this world. Ephesians 2, verse 12. What are you waiting on? The psalmist said in Psalm 95, verse 7, Today, if you will hear his voice. You ever thought about the emphasis on today? In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, at verse 2, Paul said, Today is the day of salvation. Now you think about Lot and his family members, and the fact that It required an immediate alert. There was no time to waste. It required an immediate action on the part of his family members. There was no time to wait. Listen again to what the angel said in verse 12. Take them out of this place. Look at verse 13. For we will destroy this place because the outcry against you or against them has grown great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. God intended to judge the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he did judge the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. If you haven't obeyed the gospel, what are you waiting on? Why haven't you obeyed what you know God has said you need to do? Do you believe Jesus to be the Son of God? You say yes. Do you believe that Jesus said, except you repent, you'll all likewise perish? You say yes. I understand that. Do you understand that Jesus said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. You say, I understand that. So I ask you again, what are you waiting on? Are you faithful to the Lord? If you're a child of God, are you living faithfully as you know you ought to live? If you're not, when are you planning on coming back? When do you plan to make things right with Almighty God? What are you waiting on? No time to waste, no time to wait. What are you waiting on? I mean, is there there something in your heart of hearts that's keeping you from coming back. You know Peter talks about those in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 15, that have forsaken the right way. They've abandoned the principles of New Testament Christianity. It may be that you're here today. You have abandoned the ideals that God has set forth in His word. You were baptized into Christ, you were said to be a new creature in Christ Jesus, Second Corinthians chapter five verse 17, but now you're unfaithful to the Lord. So, when are are you coming home? When do you plan to come home? Thirdly, there was a dangerous mistake. We need to see this. There was a dangerous mistake. Look now at verse 14. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, Who had married his daughters. And said. Get up. Get out of this place. For the Lord will destroy. This city. Now I want you to think with me. About the foolish reaction. Of Lot's. Family members. Note what the text says. But to his sons in law. He seemed to be joking. They thought it was a joke. Why would Lot have joked about such a serious matter? Sometimes I feel like people think that this whole idea of Christianity and the Word of God and living for God and being faithful and honoring the will of God in our lives, sometimes I get the idea And looking around at people in our world that it's just all a joke. It's no joking matter to talk about the uncertainty of life. You think about how quickly your life could change. Just like that. If you don't believe it, turn on the television set tonight and watch the news. There are people that got up this morning. They've already eaten breakfast. They're going about their daily duties. And you know what? By the time this day ends, they will be in eternity. The uncertainty of life. We just don't know. Solomon asked the question, who knows what a day may bring forth? Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1. Can you guarantee... That you'll be here next week, next month, next year? Not a one of us can make that guarantee. Now, we may think we will be. We may plan to be here, but the fact of the matter is we just don't know. It's not a joking matter when we talk about the uncertainties of life, nor is it a joking matter to talk about the brevity of life. We're about to conclude this year. I haven't taken the time to count the number of folks that we've lost over the course of 2015. but We've all been touched by death. We buried a number of people. And in all probability, before this year is out, we'll bury somebody else. Could it be that that somebody else will be you? You say, I'm young. I'm healthy. Not a thing wrong with me. That's good. Just because you're young, don't think you've got it etched in stone that you'll be here tomorrow. You can be here today and gone tomorrow just like that. James said that life is like a vapor. In other words, it's here today and gone tomorrow. Job said man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. You may be young and healthy and vibrant. You may have the world at your fingertips, but that doesn't mean you're going to be here tomorrow. Doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, black or white, male or female, does not matter. They bury young people every day. bury older people too. They bury rich people and poor people. It's not a joking matter when we talk about the danger of living in sin. I want you to think about something for a minute. You see, Lot's family members, they thought he was joking. Sometimes I get the impression when we talk about sin and unrighteousness and the dangers associated with sin, people just wave it, wave it off. Not that big of a deal. I mean, what's the big deal? We're just talking about having a little bit of fun. Let me tell you what, you can have a lot of fun in this world. And you can drink and smoke and party. You can engage in numerous sexual activities. You can have a lot of fun. But having fun doesn't mean you're going to heaven. The Bible says the wages of sin, listen to him, is death. Now, if you're out here sleeping around, I don't care if you're a member of the church or not a member of the church, if you're out here sleeping around, you're lost. You understand what I'm saying? You're lost. If you're out here drinking and partying and cutting up, I want you to understand, you're lost. You're not going to heaven. You understand what I'm saying? It's not a joke. As a young person, I sat where you're sitting today. I had a lot of fun. I did a lot of foolish things. I did a lot of things I wouldn't want other people to do. I was blessed to live through it. You may not be blessed to live through it. And you need to think about that. You need to think about this whole idea of Christianity and living for God and being faithful to God. It's not a joke. You may think it's a joke. There are folks that aren't here today that may have the idea that this whole thing is just a joke. It's just a take it or leave it matter. It really doesn't matter. Let me tell you what, it matters. It matters a lot. And you know what's going to be sad is that there are a lot of people that have sat just where you're sitting right now. They've heard the gospel. They've heard it preached time and again. They've listened to Bible class teachers and they've heard what God has to say, but they've just blown it off. And they have this old idea that time is on my side, as the song says. May not be. Paul said, be not deceived, God is not mocked. You may think you can get away with it. You may think you can turn your nose up and just live like you want to live. Let me tell you what. Paul said, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You sow to the flesh, of the flesh you will reap corruption. You sow to the Spirit, of the Spirit you will reap life everlasting. The foolish reaction of Lot's family members. But then very quickly, the fateful repercussions to Lot's family members. Note, if you would, verses 15 through 17. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife, your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment in this city. And while they lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass... When they had brought them outside, that he said, escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Now drop down and look at verse 24. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah, from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. Now drop down. And note, if you would, what is said in verse 27. Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. And he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land, which went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow, when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. Can you imagine the sight of looking back at those cities and just seeing the smoldering remnants of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, the plains? Here's what I want you to see very quickly as we close. Lot's family members Paid a heavy price for tuning God out. The heavy price, God rendered judgment on them. He destroyed them. Now you can tune Him out. And you can turn Him off. You can tune me out and you can turn me off. But you need to understand that one day when it's all said and done, If you say no to God, it will be an absolute catastrophic decision. There have been decisions that you have made in your life that no doubt have been life-altering. There have been decisions that you have made that have maybe changed the course of where you are today. If you say no to God, I can't begin to tell you what a foolish decision it will be. And one day you'll have eternity to think about it. So I ask you this question, is it really worth it? Is anything worth losing your soul for? I would hope and pray that when it comes to the Word of God, we won't view it as a, joke, as a joking matter. Now I know that there are some people that do. My plea to us is that we won't. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want to urge you to come to Christ. Believing that Jesus is the Son of God. If you'll do what they did on Pentecost Day, repent, be baptized in the name of Christ, every sin will be washed away. Acts 2.38 The Bible says that if you'll be faithful to God, He'll give you a crown of life. But the Bible tells us that there is a way home. James said, confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another. I want to ask you, as we come to a close today, where are you in your spiritual journey? Are you faithful or not faithful? Are you a Christian or not a Christian? God says, come. Will your anchor hold in the storms of life When the clouds unfold their wings of strife? When the strong tides lift and the cables strain Will your anchor drift or firm remain? We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move